Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people, loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, please open up to Genesis, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, and, uh, and then you can put your finger there, because we're going to go to uh, Psalm 24, verse 1. Genesis chapter 1, then we're going to jump over to Psalm 24, 1. And while you're doing that, I just want to welcome you. We are on our last rep. Uh, we have been in a series called Raise the Bar, and this is our last rep of the series. And uh, we have... We have really been challenged to raise the bar in our life. If you've been listening online or if you've been here over the past four weeks, you have definitely been challenged to raise the bar in your life. One, we talked about raising the bar spiritually. If you haven't started praying, start praying. If you've been praying and you've been praying safe prayers, you've been praying comfortable prayers, it is now time to raise the bar to pray some very, very dangerous prayers in your life. We were challenged to raise the bar in our spiritual life, in our practices. Then, we were challenged to raise the bar in our work ethic. Because how you do what you do reveals a lot about you. And so we were challenged to to pursue excellence in our life, in our work ethic. Whether it's at home, or at church, or in the community, in the volunteer positions. And finally, we were challenged in a very hard conversation to actually have hard conversations, to have healthy conflict in our life and not avoid it. Because if you're like me, I deflect with humor and sarcasm. But Jesus challenges us to raise the bar and to have healthy conflict, not conflict resolution, but healthy conflict conversations. And we are to raise the bar and and initiate those conversations, whether we are the offended or the offender, to speak truth in love. To always speak truth, whether it's soft truth or hard truth, but speak truth, but always speak it in love. And to be people that are quick to listen and slow to speak. And so this week, we're challenging ourselves We have been challenged by God himself, but also scriptures, and we're challenging ourselves to raise the bar in our lives in the area of generosity. And so I'd like for you to open, if you haven't already been there, Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to start with uh, verse 26. And we're going to continue through, if I can read without my glasses, (laughs) 29. Good luck, yeah, right. Then God said, Let us make man, and that would be humankind, humanity. Let us make humanity in our image and in our likeness, 
and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the livestock and over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. And I want to personalize it real quick. So God created you in his image. In the image of God, he created you. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give. Will you say, I give? I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours. Say, yours. That's right. They will be yours for food. Flip over to Psalm 24, verse 1. This is a psalm of David. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. How about we continue to verse 2. And he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. All who live in it. Heavenly Father, speak to us. Teach us. Use the word of God to pierce our soul, to pierce our mind. May today be a transformative day. May today be a day for someone in this room that the the switch has been flipped in their life and that they become more like you that they choose you maybe for the first time and the switch is flipped that they become more generous than they are already Father we love you we praise you it's in your name Jesus that we ask these things today Amen Folks, we're going we're gonna to start with a story, and then we're going to quickly land the plane, okay? Uh, so I want to ask you, what does a ham, two frozen chickens, and a car have in common? I figured that would be your answer. Generosity, that's what they have in common. I got a phone call from somebody in our church in the month of December and said, hey, uh, I want to bless some people in our church. So if I bought some hams, would you and Matthew deliver them? And I said, sure, why not? So, person bought hams, delivered them here. We put them in the fridge, and then at one point, Matthew and I became DoorDash, Wapak Naz style. We started delivering hams. And uh, Matthew went separate, and I went another way. And I came to a house, one of our families here at Wapak Naz, knocked on the door. Did you get your ham today? What are you doing? I said, well, somebody wanted to bless you with a ham for Christmas. I said, here it is. And they were 
amazed and shocked at the ham. And so we had conversation, and uh, we talked a lot about work and things like that. And then they said, hey, do you use chickens, whole chickens? I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. You want some? And so I declined it. I said, no, I'm good. Find, find somebody else to, to bless with your chickens. That would be great. And so we continued our conversation. I said, well, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll take your chickens. Give me two. So they came out with two whole chickens, frozen solid. And so I walked out came with a ham and I left with two frozen chickens when has that ever happened in your life that was the first time in mine and I got in the car and I said Lord <laughs> I got two frozen chickens what do you want me to do with them I, and I, I'm not kidding here I'm not exaggerating by any means I had two frozen chickens and I asked the Lord will you just Show me what to do with these chickens. But I also said another prayer. Because at that point in time, my wife and I were in the midst of, of buying a new-to-us vehicle. Not a brand-new car, but a new-to-us vehicle. We had done all the research. We had looked online. Actually, she did all the research. <laughs> she looked online and uh, read a lot of stuff and actually we we had already been in the midst of the process of driving this car and driving that car and looking at features and going no this didn't work and this isn't in our price range this isn't what we can't afford and we were narrowing things down and by this point in time we actually had purchased the vehicle the night before but see that, convert, that, that issue, Amy and I have been talking about purchasing a uh, new-to-us vehicle for about two years. And I kept saying, no, it's not the right time. No, it's not the Because I don't want to spend the money. I don't want to spend the money. And neither did she. So we just continued to put it off. But our discussion was, and I say this with humble of heart, I do not say this to put myself on a pedestal. So please know, that's not who I am. But for the last two years, in the midst of having this conversation about buying a new-to-us vehicle, we were having another conversation of who do we give our other vehicle to? A 2008 Honda Civic, four-cylinder, 150,000 miles, very, very little repair. Who do we give this car to? We want to bless somebody with this car I've got two chickens frozen in my car my wife's got a new to us SUV for practical purposes and along with the prayer Lord what do you want me to do with these frozen chickens I said Lord now that we have this vehicle will you show me and my wife who you want to bless with this vehicle. Pull out the alleyway, I go down the street, and wouldn't you know, there's a vehicle in the middle of the road, right over the railroad tracks. 
and there's a couple people pushing the vehicle. So I've got two arms and two legs. I get out of my car and I help this guy push his car, not into the driveway, but into the street. And then he turns on his car and he zooms away. And his grandpa is standing on the side of the road. And I walked up to the gentleman and I said, Hey, my name's Stephen. I said, what, What's going on with the car? Well, my grandson doesn't have reverse. I said, What? Yeah, he hasn't had reverse in his car for like three or four months. And he's trying to get to work. I told him to keep parking on the street, but he keeps pulling into our driveway. And so we have to push him out of the driveway into the street so he can get to work. I said, really? I said, wow, that, that's got to be a struggle. I said, you know, is, is he, is this impacted his work life? He said, yeah, he has to miss sometimes. I said, really? And he shared a little bit about how his grandson and his granddaughter has come to move within that, with them. And his grandson has a temp to hire job. And we all know sometimes temp to hire jobs, you get to the point where they're going to hire you, but they don't hire you because it's more expensive for them to hire you. So they lay you off. And this has been this young man's story. And in fact, he was saying, yeah, he's been pretty discouraged lately he's been battling a lot and he hasn't really found that humankind has been very kind I said wow well I got two frozen chickens you think you can use them he said well yeah I can use them I said okay well let me get those for you and uh, I said I'll tell you what I'm, I'm going to be praying for you your grandson I'm praying for you I said you're doing a really great job at being a grandpa I said just know that I'm sure it's pretty hard having grandson and granddaughter in your house but I just want you to know you're doing a good job and so I got in my car after giving him the chickens the frozen chickens and uh, I drove off I immediately called my wife and I said Amy I think we found who we're supposed to give the car to. Now, remind, m mind you, I want to remind you that I asked, and we had been asking for a while, but I got into my car with two frozen chickens, and I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do with the chickens, and what do you want me to do with the car? And in less than two minutes, the prayer to both, of the, the answer to both of those prayers was answered, Right? called and I said hey I, I think I found who we're supposed to give the car to and I, I basically laid out the entire story that I just laid out to you probably with a little bit more oomph and dramatic effect and so a couple weeks went past and we did what we needed to do to, to get all the things ready to roll and I went back to that same house and I knocked on that door and there's grandpa coming out I said hey do you remember me the frozen chicken guy right he didn't say that but I thought it would be really funny he's like yeah I remember you and I said hey is, is your grandson here and I, I knew he was there because 
the vehicle was in the street and the front end was pretty messed up and he said yeah he's asleep I said would you mind waking him I said I've got something important for him he said yeah sure so his grandson comes out and uh, he said hey I remember you I said yeah I helped you push your car out into the street and uh, I said how's the job going uh, they laid me off attempt to hire get close to being hired and they lay you off because it's cheaper for the company to lay you off than hire you I said well hey uh, this is my wife Amy and I said we're we're not only believers in the Lord. You can believe in Jesus and not do anything with your life, folks. I'm just going to tell you that right now. You can believe in Jesus all you want. But until you follow him, there's a difference in following him. I said, we're followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we believe that he teaches that we are to love people and be generous. I said, we, would, we want to give you a car. And you can see his face just I said this is this is who we are as believers in Christ and he didn't know what to say and that was fine and we came out and he drove his grandpa to the bank and we met him at the bank and we signed over the paperwork and in the midst of having conversations, learned a lot about this young man. And we got back to this house. We're standing in his driveway. And I said, do you mind if I, I pray for you? He said, sure. So we, we bowed our heads in their driveway, and we had a moment of prayer, communion with the Lord. I don't know how long this kid has been without the Lord, if he even knew the Lord or his grandpa. And we prayed, and after I said amen, he looked at me and he said, I don't deserve this. How can, I, I don't even know what to do to repay you. And I said, well, here's the thing. God's grace is free. You don't do anything to earn it. You don't do anything to deserve it. He just gives it to us. It's free. You just have to receive it. That's the love of Jesus Christ. That's what he did. And so this is a symbol of that. Just receive it. I just don't know what to say. Just receive it. For Amy and I, this was a raise the bar for us. This is a raise the bar in our generosity. It's not in our giving, it was in generosity. Giving and generosity are two different things, and we'll unpack that here shortly, but that was raise the bar. Today, I'm asking that you, in your own life, you raise the bar in your generosity. Because generosity isn't about you. about those who receive it. Those who are on the receiving end of generosity. Amy and I, 
were on vacation and we sat down at the table with one of my longtime friends who actually officiated our wedding and we had we had dinner and I took the check and he said no no that's that we want to do it I said nope you came down here we invited you we want to bless you and he said okay and then he shared a story of when he was 17 and he applied to mow a lady's lawn it was about two or three acres and uh, he was the one that was hired and he was hired at a very low wage and so he came and he showed up and mowed her lawn and that low wage was an hourly wage like 10, 15, 20 bucks an hour I, I don't recall what and it only took him a couple hours to mow the lawn and she handed him a check of $150 and he looked at the check and he just looked at the lady and came back the next time and mowed the lawn and she gave him the same amount third week he just said listen you hired me at this amount and you're giving me this amount and this is way more than I'm earning and deserve and she said Don you need to learn how to receive you need to learn how to receive generosity isn't about you it's about those that are on the receiving end right but I wonder for that lady when she was on the receiving end and when she had to learn how to receive because when she learned how to receive she was able to learn how to give she was able to learn how to be generous because that grows generosity is a muscle in your life that you have to put in tune just like your spiritual practices just like excellent just like healthy conflict and healthy conversations it's a muscle that you have to develop today I'm challenging you I'm asking you that you raise the bar in your generosity so let's start landing the plane shall we because generosity starts giving starts it starts with shifting your perspective a couple months ago we talked about the scarcity and abundant perspective that we need to move from a a scarcity mindset that there's not enough to to realizing God always operates out of his fullest he's never not operating out of the fullest but the other aspect of our mindsets that we got to shift is we got to shift our mindset from from owners to stewards from entitled to entrusted you are a steward we just read the scripture from Genesis where God actually in his, the culminating act of his creation, the highest point of his artistic moment, on day six, at the very end of day six, in his creative act, he gave humanity two things. Gave. He gave humanity two things. One, he gave us his image. His likeness, meaning you have value, you have dignity, you have worth who you are. Regardless what you do, regardless of the background, he gave you his likeness. Fingerprints are all over you. But two, as we read it, we saw that he also gave us authority over all of creation, over the fish, over the birds, over the land creatures over everything to rule and subdue it 
meaning it's his, and we are now stewards of it. He was the first environmentalist, folks. Not the EPA, not PETA. God. First environmentalist. He said, you are now stewards. We are not owners. We are stewards. We read in the scripture, the Lord, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Folks, we have been entrusted. Jesus uses this language that harkens back to Genesis in a parable. We know it as the parable of the talents. It's the parable where Jesus says that there's this owner, this master, who dishes out, doles out talents, meaning weights of money. And it says this in Matthew chapter 25. Again, it, meaning the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. will be like a man going on a journey who calls his servants to him and entrusted, do you see the word? Entrusted. Entrusted his property to them. To the one he gave, say gave. To the one he gave one talent, or uh, excuse me, uh, ten. There it is, ten. Five talents. To another he gave two talents, and to another he gave one talent. He gave them five, two, and one. And we often go and read the story about what they do, but we need to understand that the Lord who entrusts us is going to return to us. It says, after a long time, I don't know how long, we're still waiting on it, but after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Folks, you aren't owners. You are stewards of what God has given you. Your abilities, your skills, your talents, your ability to create wealth, your ability to spend wealth, your interactions with people, your jobs, your house, your car, your food, everything in the pantry, he's entrusted it to you. And guess what? He's coming back and he's going to settle accounts. we got to flip the switch. So for maybe for you today, maybe for you, you've had the mindset and the mentality that I'm an owner. I generate my own wealth. It's mine. Maybe you have the mindset of, you know what, I deserve X, Y, and Z because I do A through V and W. Maybe for you, raising the bar is asking the Lord to transform and trans- transform your mindset to shift it from, owner, or from, from owners to stewards and from entitled to entrusted. Maybe that's your bar today. But maybe that's not it. Maybe you've already had that understanding that you are now a steward and you are entrusted. Maybe for you, it's to test God in the tithe. Maybe that's the next bar for you. I'm going to raise that bar and I'm going to test God in the tithe and I'm going to trust God with the rest. Because the tithe... It's that ancient tradition. All the way back to Genesis. When Abraham 
tithed to Melchizedek, the priest. And he gave him a tenth. Tithe literally means tenth. Percentage matters. That's the reasonable amount. The tithe continued, not only in ancient Israel, but it went into the early church. We actually see how the women before the early church followed Jesus and they funded Jesus and his mission. We see Barnabas in Acts chapter 4 at the birth of the early church sells property. And he trusts with the rest. He trusts God with the rest. The tithe continues to modern day, 21st century. This is an area where God says, test me. Test me in this. We're not to test him in any other area. And when, if we're to trust the Lord for those other things that he says about forgiveness and grace, I guarantee you we're to trust him in this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. If I'm going to believe him for my eternity, I'm going to believe him for other things in the scriptures as well. Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room for it. Test me in this. Maybe for you, it's, it's raising the bar and saying, you know what, I'm going, to, I'm going to test God and I'm going to tithe. I'm going to tithe for the first time. And I'm going to trust him with the 90%. He, remember, Psalms 24.1, everything is the Lord's, the 10% is the Lord's, and so is the 90%. It's all 100%. And we're stewards of it. And so I'm going to give the first fruits to my God. Proverbs chapter 3. Give the first fruits and honor the Lord with it. For you, maybe it's trusting the Lord in the tithe for the first time. But maybe for you, you've already trusted the Lord in the tithe for the first time. And you've been sporadic about it. Now the bar is for you to be consistent with it on a weekly or bi-weekly or monthly basis. Test God in the tithe. Maybe you were like me and the first sermon you heard when you were a believer was about tithing. I'll never forget that moment. I cursed in the middle of church and threw my pen down and said, he ain't getting any of it. I was a college student. I didn't have anything. What am I talking about? I had the scarcity mindset. I didn't have anything, so what I'm going to get, I'm going to have for myself. That was the first sermon I ever heard, and God had to do a work in my heart and in my life to bring me to the point of generosity today. Maybe for you, raising the bar is trusting God in the tithe regularly, moving from sporadically to consistently. I challenge you, raise the bar, because this is the beginning of generosity. Giving God back what he has given to you, because that's how we tithe out of things. But maybe for you, it's spontaneous generosity. Maybe for you, raising the bar is being spontaneous. Spontaneous? Jesus, in his parable of the, 
uh, Good Samaritan. We have this moment where Jesus is really challenged by the teachers of the law. Saying, who's my neighbor? I want to know. You tell me who my neighbor is. Because really, they didn't want to do anything. And Jesus tells a story of this person who gets knocked off on the road to Jericho. Beaten. Left naked. And the religious people, the priest, Levitical priest, pass by on the other side and ignore him. But then, it's a Samaritan. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, took pity on him. The man that was half naked, half dead, couldn't tend for himself. And a Samaritan sees this man and has compassion. Compassion moves us into action. And so know what, notice what he does. He says, he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil on oil and wine, then put on the man, the man on his donkey and took him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Now, mind you, the man's lying on the ground, half dead, he's naked. Two robbers have just beaten him within an inch of his life, and he's got nothing. So let me ask you, where did the oil come from? Where did the wine come from? Where did the donkey come from? Where did the coins come from? Where does the ability to reimburse come from? It doesn't come from the man that's half dead, half naked on the ground. It came from the Samaritan. This is a moment of spontaneous generosity. We talk about this, this parable in terms of caring for our neighbor, which is completely right. Who is my neighbor? Everybody. But we also need to look at the importance of what happened here. The Samaritan took out of his own pocket, used his own wine, used his own oil, used his own bandages, used his own donkey, used his own silver coins, and came back and was going to reimburse for anything else. That is spontaneous generosity. When you see a need, you meet a need. That's spontaneous generosity. Maybe for you, oh Lord, give me an opportunity to be generous today. I don't know what it's going to look like. I may have some money in my pocket. I may have two frozen chickens. But Lord, show me. Give me an opportunity. I'm going to pay for somebody's meal. Whether they know it or not, it doesn't matter. Just give me an opportunity to be generous today. I'm going to trust you in the tithe. I'm going to trust you with the 90. And with that 90, I'm going to be generous with it. Spontaneous generosity. Maybe that's your bar today. Maybe that's your action step. I hope it is. Because, man, it's not about you. It's about the people that receive Man, there's grace, there's lessons in it, the blood of Christ. But maybe for you it's playing generosity. Playing generosity. I already shared with you about how Amy and I for two years were talking about and thinking about. And then we planned it. And we were looking for an opportunity. We're asking God. We have it. We want to give it. It's right here. We want you to show us. 
I was on the receive I was on the receiving end of spontaneous generosity with two chickens. They were on the receiving end of spontaneous generosity from from a ham. Planned generosity, folks. Scripture says this in Isaiah 32, 8. But generous people, generous people, plan to do what is generous. And they stand firm in their generosity. And actually, literally in the Hebrew, it means this. But a generous man or generous woman, generous teenager, generous kid, devises generous things, and by generosity, he or she will stand. Folks, our world expands when we are generous. Maybe for you, it's planning to be generous. Maybe this year, as you're looking out at 2021 and you're, you're forsaking all of those New Year's resolutions that you've made and faltered on already, maybe it's a different approach for 2021. And you say, I've got 11 more months. Each month, I want to plan to be generous with just 10 bucks, just $10. Here it is, day one of February. God, it's yours. I have it. I'm planning to be generous with it. You show me where I can be generous with it. 11 months. $10 a month, it's 110 bucks. Maybe it's five bucks. Maybe it's a dollar. I don't care. Plan to be generous, man. Find a way. Plan it. Say, here it is, God. We're going to do it, and we're going to trust you with it. Make it happen. Sacrificial generosity. Now you can look at this this story and say, she's tithing. I would totally agree. But in that, there's sacrificialness. Jesus went down, sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money in the temple treasury. He's sitting, literally sitting right here. I can see the joy boxes. Jesus is literally sitting on the other side of the sanctuary. And he's watching everybody. And it says, many rich people threw in their large amounts. He's watching. People pulling out wads. There it is. There it is. There it is. But a poor widow, of all the people, a poor widow came in. We've got to keep in mind, this is a woman who's on her own, who's tending for herself. If she doesn't have any kids, she's not making ends meet at all. Because she is living literally penny to penny she's a widow there's no one in her life caring for her but a poor widow came and put two very small copper coins a reasonable portion a reasonable portion that honored God worthy of only uh, worth only a fraction of a penny calling his disciples Jesus is like whoa, whoa whoa don't miss this check this out check this out you need to see this, man. Because you've got to learn this. Because from when I'm gone, you guys are the front end of the early church. I need you to watch this. This is literally a couple weeks before Jesus is crucified. He says, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more, 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 say more, more into the treasury than all the others. How is she giving more? Percentage matters. Notice what he says here. They gave out of their wealth. The percentage out of their wealth 
was probably very, very, very small. Then he says she put out of her poverty, put in everything, 100%. Put 100% all she had to live on. Folks, that's sacrificial. That's trusting. Maybe for you it's a sacrificial generosity. But I just want to challenge you. Don't wait until you're out of debt. Don't wait until you're done paying off your student loans. Don't wait till the mortgage is over. Don't wait till the business is paid off. Be generous now. The only response that we can give, the one who gave his all, that you may have life and life abundantly and eternity and forgiveness of sins. Our only response to Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself, put everything in like the widow, who planned his generosity from the fall in Genesis 3. What looked like spontaneous generosity. Who gave everything. The only response to that is for us, you and I, to go all in. Not only financially, but mentally, and emotionally, and psychologically, and physically, and spiritually. Your whole self in and you do the hokey pokey. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul. All in to go all out because Jesus went all in. That is our response to Christ. It's the only response that we have. So I challenge you to be generous now. Shift your mindset. Shift your mindset. Owner to steward. Entitled to entrusted. Test them in the tithe. Trust them with the rest. Begin to be generous by being spontaneous, by playing it, by being sacrificial with it. I'm not asking that Wapak Naz be the recipient of your generosity either. I'm asking you to be generous out there. I'm asking you to be generous among you as well. Would you please stand? Just bow your heads for just one moment. Jesus, you went all in. You were all in. You raised the bar for humanity in all aspects. And today, it's about generosity. It's about giving, but it's primarily about generosity. Lord Father, may we be a people who seek to honor you with our word and our deed, but how we manage and our stewards of our finances, teaching our kids, being wise about our decisions, 
about what we purchase and what we pay for. And Lord, I'm asking you on behalf of everybody in here, Lord, will you provide them opportunity? May their eyes be open for opportunities in our community. The people within their workplaces, people on the street, people in their networks, in their families, in the schools, open their eyes to opportunities to be generous and help them be wise about that. Help them be wise about that. Father, may Wapak Naz and the people listening online raise the bar in their life. If you feel like, man, I need to shift my mindset from owner and entitled to steward and entrusted, would you just please raise your hands that I may just pray over you? Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you have struggled in trusting the Lord and testing Him in the tithe and trusting Him with the 90, would you just please raise your hand that I may thank you, thank you, thank you. If you are longing to just be generous, to impact lives around you and the people around you, to bring grace into the life, a tangible manifestation of God's grace in the life, and you, you just, you want to be generous, you're looking for those opportunities, you're going to go home and you're going to start thinking and planning through generosity, will you please raise your hand? Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Man, praise the Lord. Father, I, I pray for those that raised their hand, who said, man, ha, I felt like an owner for a long time. I feel like I deserve it and I've been entitled, but I need that shift in my life. I need that shift in my mind. Lord, I ask that you transform them by the renewing of their mind, that they dig deep into the scriptures and Holy Spirit, you do a work in their life that, that begins to transform their thinking and their mindset to realize that you, God, you are an abundant God. those that are just needing to trust you in the tithe and test you in the tithe and step out Lord I ask that you remind them of this moment you remind them of the struggle but you also remind them that what they have has been given by you and may they take that step in obedience to honor you and then begin to cut the ties to to the world and to materialism and consumerism and shift it to becoming a contributor to the church to the mission and humbly surrendering themselves to you may they step out in obedience and honestly will you just flourish may they flourish spiritually out of that may they just flourish for those that raised their hand and said, you know what, I'm going to step in and I'm going to raise the bar and I'm going I'm to be open to spontaneous generosity and I'm going to start planning to be generous throughout the year. God, will you move in their life? Remind them of this conversation. Put it on their heart. Tap deep, in, deep into them. Help them 
open their eyes to the needs around them, to the people around them, to the needs. And may they just begin to pray and ask you, teach me here, lead me here, grow me here. May I work this muscle, Lord. And may you be honored with it, regardless if I see anything out of it. It's not an investment. It's just giving without strings, trusting that you're going to do amazing things moving their life there. Father, I love you. I thank you for these people that brave this weather. I really ask that the life that you gave, Jesus, that we may have salvation. It's very evident for them. The grace is free for them because you gave your life for them. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. Thank you for not leaving it in the grave. Nobody expected nobody. And I thank you that you resurrected. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ today. Amen. Folks, may you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Go all in, go all out. And will you please love your neighbor as yourself. Have a good night. We'll see you at Empower the 5th of the night. Thank you for listening to the Wapaknas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.